0: You could be anywhere listening to anything, but you're right here with us, so we thank you. With you today is yours truly, B. Cox, and I'm riding solo here today, but shout out to the crew as well. And shout out to all the listeners out there stateside and worldwide. I continue to thank you all for your support and spreading the word. The word is definitely starting to get out there. I want to thank you all for continuing to rock with the show after passing through episode 100, and we roll on to episode 101 and further beyond that. Just a few reminders, of course, the Vault Podcast Record Club, our private Facebook fan community, you can join that by going to the links both in the show notes and also in our links at vaultclassicpod.com, our website. And then as well, you can support us at Buy Me A Coffee, the coffee cup highlighted in yellow on the left-hand corner of the page. If you look there, click on that, you can go there and support the show monetarily, giving a small donation to make sure we can continue to open the vault. And last but not least, of course, the podcast GPS, our bootcamp course, a DIY course for all of you out there wishing to start a podcast, but don't know where to start. We basically teach you how to do it for yourself with all the guidelines, tips and tricks to make your podcast not only a reality, but then also sustained throughout time. As we always say here at The Vault, our motto is hashtag open the vault, hashtag nothing but the classics or MBTC. And while this isn't going to be a typical review as we do in the veins here on The Vault, I did want to make sure that we at least recognize this album for what it is, being as though that it's 30 years since its release. And I thought it was important for me to just to speak just a little bit about this album and the significance that it has, particularly within hip hop culture. I remember hearing one of these songs and the singles For this album come on the other day on the radio. And I was instantly brought back to that time period. Of hearing that particular single. Which I'll get into in just a second. We're going to go back 30 years ago. And I'm just going to speak a little bit about this album. Like I said it's not a typical review. But we do want to make sure we give this group. And this album it's recognition that it deserves. We're going to go back to March 24th 1992. And we're going to go back to the debut album. Of none other than Arrested Development. Three years, five months, two days in the life of. Recorded in 1991 with a runtime of 61 minutes and eight seconds on Chrysalis and EMI Records, produced by Speech, Speech, the headman and frontman of the group and band Arrested Development. The title of the album itself is a reference to the amount of time that it took for Arrested Development as a band to get a record contract. So... (laughs) This is an album came out in 1992. Um, the group itself had very, very huge success during this, during the periods of 1992 and also in 1993. The singles from three years, five months, and two days in the life of the first one, probably the best known one, I would say, is Tennessee, released actually on the album release date, which was a huge hit. Another huge hit, People Every Day, which is uh, sort of an interpolation of the Sly Family Stone hit Everyday People, and then Mr. Wendell, which came out in December of 1992. Another single that I'll also mention as well that isn't on this album but is definitely one of Arrested Development's key singles in their catalog is Revolution, which was on the Malcolm X soundtrack, which was a collaboration that Spike Lee asked them to do for the soundtrack of the movie that would come out later that year. So three years, five months, two days in the life of by Arrested Development. Now, for those who are not familiar with Arrested Development and how they got started, they were formed in Atlanta in the late 80s. It was the creation of Speech and also Headliner, who was a member of Arrested Development, but then also a product of before Speech and Headliner met each other was Speech and Baba Oje, who were also students at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee together in the 80s. And they met when Baba Ojeo already was an older man. He was in his 50s at that particular time. Speech and Headliner met each other at the Art Institute of Atlanta once Speech relocated to Atlanta, and they formed this group. And they wanted to form the group as an alternative, basically, to gangster Rap. And gangster Rap, as many of you know, you follow hip-hop, especially listening to this show, became very, very big in the late 80s with the rise of groups like N.W.A., rise of groups like Ghetto Boys. As we got into the early 90s, you start to see more of the influence of gangster rap start to make its way into the South and in the West Coast, and you saw the artists such as Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre as a solo artist start to emerge, MAC-10, the Bay Area, Spice One, you name them. A lot of different artists. Gangster rap was becoming very, very big, and commercially was becoming very successful. So as we head into 1992, you have hip-hop sort of at its crossroads, where... You're sort of emerging from this period where consciousness, Afrocentricity, social consciousness was definitely at the forefront of hip hop all the way starting from the mid 80s into the late 80s and sort of intersecting with what the rise of gangster hip hop during that particular time. So you sort of had these uh, relationships, I like to say, as I mentioned on an earlier review, that in some cases, Some of the gangster hip hop and the socially conscious hip hop were sort of they were coexisting because they had similar messages and being that they were anti establishment in many respects. But then at a certain point in time, which right around this time before the chronic came out and the rise of G-Funk and the rise of the dominance of the West Coast in the early 90s heading into the mid 90s, sort of had the two take a diverging path away from each other. So this is where Arrested Development sort of develops itself and finds itself within hip hop right around the time when the Native Tongues are still releasing albums. They La Soul, A Tribe Called Quest, Queen Latifah, Monty Love. So you have them still out there pushing this message and they have been pushing this message ever since the late 80s. And then you have Arrested Development sort of come out and emerge amongst this right around this point where conscious rap and gangster rap were now starting to diverge themselves away from each other. So this was an alternative to gangster rap. And what Arrested Development did was really provide us with sort of a difference. They weren't necessarily, I mean, they were a hip hop group. The majority of the vocals that were done were done by speech. But there were a number of different members within the group that had talents. We talked about Headliner. Headliner. Uh, we talk about vocalists, like uh, in, in particular, the two vocalists we'll talk about, Nadira Shakur, spelled S-H-A-K-O-O-R, and Dionne Ferris, famously enough. And Dionne Ferris had a lengthy and has a lengthy career as a singer and songwriter in her own respect. Beyond just her work with Arrested Development has also had a career outside of the group as well. Arrested Development was this group of, artists who all came together to make this music. And it wasn't just the artists and the vocalists themselves. It was the DJs. It was instrumentalists. Really what you had was Arrested Development was more so a group. They were a band, but I really would like to call them a collective. And I think that's what we all kind of know them as. So they came out with this album, uh, three years, five months and two days in the life of, I mentioned the singles on this and, As I said, this is not a typical review, but I wanted to make sure that I touched on this album. Um, Just to speak, just first of all, just by the singles, which which is how I got introduced to Arrested Development. When Tennessee first dropped, it was extremely, extremely popular. It was a wildly popular song on the radio. And at that time, when I was consuming hip hop and consuming music, about 80 to 85% of it was coming from the radio. And when Tennessee dropped... It was huge. As a matter of fact, as a song itself, uh, Tennessee reached, I believe, the top of the R&B and hip hop charts and they topped it for at least one week. But then it got to number six on the Billboard Hot 100, which was a big deal back then because there weren't too many hip hop and R&B tracks that were reaching that high on the Billboard Hot 100, at least consistently. Internationally, their sound also attracted a lot of different fans as well. In United Kingdom, seven week run on the UK singles chart for Tennessee, but then also top 10 successes also with People Every Day and Mr. Wendell. Tennessee was huge. The message of the song when you listen to it and a speech, you know, reading an interview and watching interviews of him about what inspired him to write Tennessee. He wrote it basically in the aftermath of the death of his grandmother and also his brother and the last time that he saw his grandmother actually was in Tennessee and when you listen to the lyrics and listen to the message in that song it does kind of harken back to going back to something that leads you to some comfort and uh, you know this is a group based in the south the song itself really just kind of evoked some sort of emotions out of people that you know the lyrics but then also the hook as well the beat it kind of drew you in so that's really what got people hooked on to that but then you follow that up with something like People Every Day, and at least the radio version, which is different than the LP version. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs, five to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to hero.co to shop today. Uh, Hearing that and then knowing that it's a play off of the famous hit by Sly and the Family Stone, Everyday People, and their own twist on it, that was a huge hit too. Really, I would even say for like the better part of that summer, being as though Tennessee was released at the beginning of spring and then People Everyday was released in the middle of the summer. You had your soundtrack, a good portion of that, that summer, was Arrested Development. And then you followed it up with their last single, which is Mr. Wendell, which was not a big-ass hit as the other two, but it definitely fit inside of the same vein. At this point, we were becoming accustomed to what the Arrested Development sound was going to be. But looking into the rest of this album, it definitely gives you that feel that, you know, when I listen to this, I sort of get the feeling that I'm listening almost to like hip hop folk music. I can see the influences, what they had on some of their successors, Goody Mob, Outcasts, groups, even as far out as Nappy Roots, where you kind of feel like if hip hop had folk music, this is what it would sound like. I mean, and not to really make it as folk, like, you know, it's folk music, like it was country. But when you think about folk music and what the objective of what folk music is, is down home, everything from the music itself to the rhythms, to the lines, to the messages in the music. I mean, the messages in the music are really pointing more so not just towards Afrocentricity, but in positive messages But they talk a lot about revolution in this, even before they made the song Revolution, which was on the Malcolm X soundtrack. I mean, listening to songs such as in particular Fishing for Religion, which is a very, very controversial song in some respects, because it speaks to. A philosophy and sort of an idealism that people think about when it comes to Christianity that in this song, what speech and what they're talking about is the fact that Christianity is a religion that's based mostly at its core on pacifism, meaning that, you know, black people will sit and pray and hope for God to do something and pray and be obedient to God for God to bless them and to make a way When in this case, they're like, you know, hey, that spits in the face of everything we want in a revolution instead of getting up, going out and taking what it is that you want. And having grown up in the black community, it's something that, you know, that you hear. This is a conversation going on even now to this day. And people who are sort of like the deeply religious crowd that read the Bible and take the Bible at its word. And those who are being like, all right, hold on now, we ain't going to sit here and just sit there and wait for for this blessing to come. We're going to go out there and take it by having this revolution. The other messages on the, in this album, hearing songs like Give a Man a Fish, also with Children Play With Earth and Rain and Revolution, really these messages that at this particular time was interesting considering the time that it was coming up in. As we said, this is a time now when gangster rap and political and socially conscious rap was starting to divest themselves from each other. They were going into different directions. By the time we got to the end of this year, into 1993, well, the lines were clearly delineated. I mean, you can tell, you know, what was gangster, what was positive. And at this time, rap that was a lot more positive was definitely getting pushed a little bit more outside to the fringes and into the underground, which is unfortunate. But hearing the messages in these songs, though, Hearing what you hear about with Mr. Wendell, obviously the messages with Mr. Wendell, which is a song about homelessness and encouraging people not to ignore homeless people just because of how they look, but to learn basically from their non-materialistic lifestyles, making the most of what it is that they have. That's another sample from Sly and the Family Stone. I even also look at Arrested Development almost as a hip-hop version of Sly and the Family Stone, to be quite honest. I mean, as far as the messaging and their music and what, the, you know, what it is that they're talking about. Honestly, you have to respect that, that they made the most of what it is that they had and they were able to appeal not just to that hip hop and R&B audience, but then they had crossover appeal as well. You know, people, these songs, Tennessee and People Every Day are songs that people of many different backgrounds love. And it's 30 something years later when those songs come on, people still jam when they hear them. I still love to hear Tennessee you never get tired of hearing that song. The composition of these songs, the production, some of the samples that they use, you know, of course, you know, Earth, Wind & Fire was sampled here. We talked about Sly and the Family Stone, Marlo Thomas and Harry Belafonte, Junior Wells and Buddy Guy, his blues is sampled in this, R&B, Soul Music. Prince sampled in this as well. Minnie Riperton, when it comes down to it, would give a man a fish. I mean, there's a lot of different things that they tackled with this. And sometimes when you're, when you're going through as many different themes and messages you want to get across, sometimes things get sort of lost in translation. But what I always respected about them is that they sort of made their music plain for people to be able to understand. It was never ambiguous with Arrested Development. You always knew it exactly what their music meant. You always knew exactly what they were talking about, and I could respect that. Now, this was a wildly successful album, and because of their success commercially, they, you know, were awarded as a result of that. And as a matter of fact, they won two Grammy Awards in 1993. They won Best New Artist. They were the first hip-hop group to win that award, and they also won the Best Rap Performance by a duo or group. And they were also named Band of the Year by Rolling Stone. And this album, three years, five months, and two days in the life of, actually sold over 6 million copies worldwide. (laughs) We talked a lot about how these album sales figures from the 90s were titanic at times. It's crazy to think about that, the 6 million copies. I mean, it's an album that has sold a lot of different hip-hop groups, but that crossover appeal is what helped them get there. Now, since that album, Arrested Development is still a group that's out and performing today um speech has been a constant presence in the hip hop and music community uh i've always seen him out and about around things i see that he's out and doing well the group itself now just has a few members A lot of the former members have moved on to their own careers and done their own thing. You know, Headliner themselves, we talked about Dion Ferris. Um, Baba Oje himself actually passed away in 2018. He actually passed away from leukemia. You know, he was a, a, a driving force with that group as well. They're still out there doing their thing nowadays. They've had a couple of different reunions. And they've put out quite a few albums since then. I mean, we're just looking at... When I, by my count, I mean, it's, you know, well over 10 to 12 albums and in this new millennium in the last decade, they've put out about six or seven albums and just put out something now over the last year for that King love. So it's FKN. So I'm guessing it stands for the fucking love. Just as of last year, they put out an album. So shout out to Arrested Development. You cannot write the story about hip-hop, especially in 1992 and in the early 90s, without talking about them and their music that has sort of given a soundtrack, their positive message about afrocentricity and positivity, and also about speaking about that revolution, especially during 1992, where it was really a time of reckoning in the United States in the aftermath of the Rodney King verdict and the riots in LA and so many different other racially charged moments where the world was at that particular time, we were heading into an election. People were becoming a lot more socially conscious in regards to the things that were happening in the America and the plight of black America in the light of some of the things that were happening in places like LA with the riots and things that will continue for 30 years on after that. So shout out to Arrested Development, man. Three years, five months, and two days in the life of, released in 1992. Make sure y'all go check out the album and check out some of their other work too. And listening to those songs, Tennessee and People Every Day and Mr. Wendell sort of gives you a really good feeling about how things were back then in 92. And every time I hear those songs, I'm transported right back to those particular times. So wanted to make sure we jumped on this and recognize the album itself. Uh, It definitely has some cultural significance and impact. For that particular time And it's something that For those of us who were around And out during that time Who remember that group being out Of the impact that they had on the game And that is going to wrap up yet another edition of The Vault Please make sure that you are checking us out On our host on Red Circle You can also visit us at VaultClassicPod.com That's VaultClassicPod.com you can go there and download and play the episodes, visit all of our streaming sources. You can leave a review. Also, leave us a voicemail with the microphone in the bottom right-hand corner of the page. Leave us a voicemail, show us some love, let us know what you think. Make sure that you're joining our mailing list. If you're listening to this podcast and you enjoy it, go of the internet, make sure that you're sharing it and also leaving a good review for us as well. We definitely appreciate that love. As always, you can find us at Vault Classic Pod on Instagram, at Vault Classic on Twitter, and on Facebook and YouTube. Search the Vault Classic Music Reviews Podcast, like the Facebook page, subscribe to the YouTube channel, interact with us on social media. We do it here all for you. We appreciate the support, and if you have a friend, tell a friend, and make sure that that friend tells a friend. Always remember to keep your headphones on and your music loud, but not too loud. And as we close, we'd like to remind everyone to dream big. Because dreams are the basis for creation. Always create, motivate, and elevate. Because you were never destined or created to stay stationary in this life. And on that note, we say peace. Thank you for listening and coming into The Vault. Please subscribe and visit us at vaultclassicpod.com. That's vaultclassicpod.com.